Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, just a heads up that I just moved into a new house and I'm in a new room. So um, the audio quality was not exactly the same and I had a little bit of a, a few issues and whatnot. But the content is really good, the interview is really nice, so I really still hope that you enjoy the content anyways. So that was it, and yeah, enjoy the interview. Hey, what's up everyone? My name is Andre and this is the Tennis and Bagels podcast, a podcast about everything tennis from recreational tennis that you play in your in your local club and or local courts to professional tennis and Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic and all of that jazz. So uh, today is another special episode is my second interview. I think I'm going to be counting all of those from now on until I get to like whatever a thousand maybe. Um, But the thing is today I got someone uh, really really special with me. He's here Um, he works for Tennis Quebec uh, a organization that essentially um, overseas tennis in our province of Quebec in Canada and yeah I'm really excited for this today so I'll uh, let's welcome Martin Kenty did I say it right yeah yeah it's perfect a great uh, pronunciation I, I know that the, the the writing of my name sometimes uh, asks a lot of questions because there's a j in there but uh, yeah. but that's, yeah I'm, I'm from Holland from the Netherlands so it's it, it it's source of confusion sometimes, but Martin is the perfect way to say it. All right, great. Um, so, um, can you can you introduce yourself a little bit, Martin? Um, just tell us, um, well, a bit about yourself and what you do. Maybe at tennis Quebec and whether you play tennis. Favorite player, favorite surface, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, so um, I work for Tennis Quebec. So, like you said, it's the the provincial federation. Uh, we do everything from uh, for, in, regarding tennis development, so certification, tournaments, um, tours, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, for Tennis Quebec, I'm in charge of everything that's regarding our different tours. So we have a school tour. I'm in charge of sponsorships and uh, everything that's corporate development. And then everything that comes around that as well, uh, logistics, management, marketing, etc. So that's uh, that's my role with Tennis Quebec. Obviously, I, I work on a lot of different programs, different um, events. Um, so uh, we would need an hour probably if I had to explain every little detail I worked mm-hmm. on. Uh, but that's uh, the the global uh, the global um, role I have. Uh, my my 
my title is uh, client development and marketing consultant. Um, and actually, with the, 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 the coronavirus, I'm even mm. now uh, interim uh, secretary and uh, administrative uh, work because uh, obviously we've all been hit pretty hard with, uh, yeah. with the virus. So we're we're all pitching in where we can, where we're, we don't have any staff anymore. So uh, we're doing everything we can uh, and uh, mm. we're kind of getting out of our comfort zones as well. Um, obviously I play tennis as well. I grew up with tennis. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm an okay tennis player. I played pretty high level rugby, but, uh, uh -huh. uh, never really high level tennis, but I love the sport. I, I watch it, uh, uh, when the tournaments are there every day, yeah. uh, I follow it very closely. I have all the apps for Fed Cup, Davis Cup, ATP, WTA on my phone, uh, ESPN. I follow everything. Uh, so I follow everything very closely, and um, well, you asked who are my favorite players. I mean, Federer is uh, number one for me. I think mm. for many it is, uh, but that's just because I love his his um, playing style, uh, his image, everything surrounding him. I I actually enjoy watching Nadal, Djokovic as well. But uh, when they do play against Federer, I. Uh, I'm happy when uh, the other guys are uh, losing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a few a few interesting um, things that came up as like uh, since the last time that we talked. Um, obviously, it's lots of things are still happening in the tennis world. Like everybody's trying to keep alive, at least in the media. And uh, well, the latest news I've got today, you must be a little bit sad about this, that Federer isn't playing again this year. And it was, uh, it was already tough because who knows when anybody's going to play because of the coronavirus. And also the fact that um, the US Open, the USTA has also laid off a couple hundreds, I believe, of uh, staff that they had and coaches and whatnot. Yeah, so, I, read, I read something like that. I, I guess he, he he's... Uh... He made a strategic choice not to uh, pursue. I think something related that he relapsed as well. And he had to undergo another uh, arthroscopic uh, surgery. Yeah. Um, but I think he kind of feels that the season is not going to be a complete season anyway, and he would maybe feel like he would force it at the end of the of the year. Uh, mm. Obviously, everyone's going to come out swinging when everyone can hit the courts again, uh, but. I think it's it probably is a wise choice considering he's going to be forty next year. I think, yeah, uh, he will in August. So, uh, so yeah, who knows? Maybe two thousand twenty-one will be the last year we see Federer. But I'm I'm crossing my fingers that at least he can uh, add maybe uh, another Grand Slam title to his name, or uh, maybe the gold medal in uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, he has a chance actually. <laughs> yeah, that w that would be great. I mean. Uh, a lot of people say he won everything and he won a gold medal at the, the Olympics, but I think he still wishes he had that gold medal in singles and, uh, and in doubles. Obviously if he has both, uh, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's even better. But yeah. I think that kind of nags at him that he would, he doesn't have that one prestigious title. Uh, mm -hmm. he doesn't have that in his, in his home yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, for, for one, I am a fan of Novak Djokovic. I've said this a few times here in this podcast. Um, and I 
remember a few years when he kept losing before before 2011 and the transformation he lost a lot of matches to Federer and I was really happy when he got to win again however I really do enjoy Federer playing and I think last year as you as you said um he might be retiring because we would never really know but next year he is actually coming to Montreal so this is actually my one goal for next my prayer for next year is that he actually would come to Montreal so that I can get his autograph that would be like my yeah yeah well I I, I hope uh, I hope you'll get the chance to see him I I, I do think however that uh, even though Toronto is going to be played I think they're still going to have the women's come to Montreal next year Mm. I don't know whether that's official. Um, yeah. I, I mean, things change pretty quickly. But sure. yeah, if you get the chance to see him play, I mean, it's incredible. It's so much. He's so smooth and uh, uh, maybe sometimes too smooth because that's how he gets kind of tense. Yeah. Uh, especially against guys like Djokovic, who is so good at getting every single ball yeah. and early and deep inside the court. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, they're all amazing champions. I mean, we all have our favorite. Uh, you have the Nadal yeah. clan, you have the Djokovic clan or the Federer clan. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and as those guys get closer with all the number of titles, uh, things heat up between fans as well and between the experts as well. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely no expert, but uh, I, I do believe that Djokovic would uh, get more titles, uh, at Grand Slam titles than Federer, but... I actually would hope Federer still remains at the top, but I mean, it's it's not going to take anything away from his career. I mean, and, and yeah. if Djokovic wins more, he, he definitely deserves it. It's not like he won any of them uh, through uh, all walkovers either. Yeah, so um, just maybe tracking back, you, you mentioned the uh, how the coronavirus affected everybody, and we talked a little bit about the USDA, but like as, essentially in in your time, um, how have you how have you endured like the these times essentially because you're working for tennis get back you already mentioned a few of the drawbacks that you had in the organization but have you been maybe watching any of the replays online have you been following this part of uh tennis well actually at the, at the beginning uh obviously we, we, we were well we, we still are so busy getting everything ready and discussions with either the government or with uh health officials uh, regarding mm-hmm. uh, what phase we can go into going back on the tennis courts. Mm. Um, so we're pretty busy with that. And um, and at the beginning, obviously, we wanted to follow every tournament who we're going to cancel, uh, maybe move it to a, a later date in the year, like uh, the French Open, for example. Yeah. Uh, but actually, last week was the first time that I actually uh, watched a full game on replay. I was uh, mm. just browsing uh, um, on, on on Facebook and I follow like all the pages regarding tennis and the Davis Cup was actually, sh- uh, the Davis Cup page was showing, uh, I think it was the 2014 uh, Federer-Gasquet final. Uh, well, the, the, the game, the match that won Switzerland their first Davis Cup mm-hmm. title. And uh, I just started at 8.30 putting, putting it on because I felt like, oh, maybe it's like the best points and it actually yeah. showed like from the beginning. And I just left it on on my second screen and uh, yeah, still watched it uh, out of the corner of my eye like it was the f- like it was a new game. I was really excited. I knew the result, but still was really mm. exciting to watch. And uh, I mean, like um, ATP, WTA, they're, they're all... S- 
putting out their uh, top 10 um, plays and um, awesome points, etc. And uh, yeah, I kind of watch that on, on repeat. It's always uh, cool to, uh, to even see like the best points of 1980. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting, but... Uh, but yeah, that's the only game I've watched completely. Uh, and yeah. uh, if I see something pop by on on my screen, I, I'll probably always watch it for a bit. Yeah. Uh, if not, it's just on on TV or. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's sad that uh, there's no sport at all, and uh, tennis obviously is uh, one of those few sports that goes all year round, and everyone travels every day. Well, every mm-hmm. every week uh, for the least. Uh, so it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's tricky at the moment, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, mm. well, when there are uh, some replays, I'll, I'll try and watch it. And uh, I think next week or something, there is Djokovic's tour uh, around uh, well his side of Europe. Uh, yeah, he's gonna go around Croatia, Serbia, and all all those countries. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they show it anywhere, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see if I can watch the. Uh... The uh, Patrick Murato glue because he has a, a tournament happening, I guess, this weekend, and he got a bunch of uh, pretty good players. Matteo Berrettini is in there, Stefano Tsitsipas, uh, Fonini. So it, it looks like a good roster. The one thing that the one drawback I find with those uh, exhibition tournaments is that I have never really been able to find a a stream for them like online. So it, it there was it was just like the one thing that was tough for me uh, in in terms of that. So that that was the, the the one drawback for me was that but and I guess because the actual pro tournaments are not necessarily happening right now they they're doing their best in actually trying to get people to get excited about those but I guess the only true excitement will be when they finally announce the first pro tour tournament after quarantine I guess that will be the one thing that we're all looking forward to the most Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think uh, us as much as the players. I I mean, I see on their uh, Instagram pages that they're starting to practice again, and uh, they look mm. uh, they look pretty happy about that. Yeah. But obviously, well, they they get to play, and we still have to wait to see them mm-hmm. in proper action. But uh, we're gonna be patient, I guess. And we're lucky here in Quebec that we can start playing tennis again, so we can kind of get a feel ourselves again. Hmm. So uh, I know, like uh, right now, I know. I I think when we started talking, it was just about the time when the courts were finally reopening, and um, but right now it's it's been it's been pretty good. Like uh, for my side, I've been playing tennis a few times, and uh, it was it was people were really organized and what and whatnot. But at the same time, it's kind of like is, is there um, anything that you you personally have been practicing? Um, other than um, the actual tennis, like before it was, it was out there. Have you have you practiced anything at home? Like, do you do any fitness? I know you you said you're pretty, playing pretty high level rugby, so I think it, it must be rough as a as an as an athlete to like slow down. I guess right. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely not a, a nice time when you can't do anything. Obviously, I've been outside going for a few runs and trying to stay in shape obviously but uh, uh, actually at the beginning of the quarantine it wasn't too much of a, a problem for me because I had, I had a major injury on my ankle oh, okay. so for for 
about 10 weeks I, I was uh, I was I couldn't do anything for a few weeks I was walking with crutches and I had that mm -hmm. special uh, boot uh, orthopedic boot because mm -hmm. uh, I actually well uh, majorly twisted it and um, partially ruptured some some ligaments playing tennis and it was maybe a week before everything uh, was shut down um so so yeah it, it for me it was actually really good because i could do the whole uh, uh getting back in shape getting that angle strong again with uh, some elastic bands with a actually a tennis ball uh getting mm. a good feel so um my girlfriend I, I i was telling her i was like oh well me and federer we're kind of the same it all works out pretty well i can't play he can't play we're both injured yeah uh Obviously, I cannot compare myself to him, but uh, I thought it would. It was for the for the fun of it. It, it worked out well. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously, when the the courts reopened, I tried to to get a few uh, hits as well. I, I went to play only twice so far. I want to take it slow, and everyone wants to go and play right now. Um, yeah. But um, I'm go I'm trying to go again tomorrow if I, if I get. Uh, Mm. Uh, we've, uh, I booked a court with uh, with a friend of mine at uh, at in uh, in Côte de Neige Outremont uh, Park Kent, mm -hmm. um, but I think they're expecting rain, so uh, that will oh. that will be my luck uh, for tomorrow. But with a, with a bit of luck, it will will have uh, dry uh, will have dry weather when we can play. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the quarantine was. Uh, was relaxing, getting back in shape slow, well, getting that ankle mm. strong again. Uh, and now, uh, yeah, now I just want to play every day if I, if I could, but I yeah. to be patient on that side as well. Yeah, especially because, um, as obviously you know more than most people, that um, it's not because we can't play tennis that life has just fully gone back to normal, right? So um, there were, obviously, there most courts are open and... Um, But there, there, there has been some guidelines, some restrictions. Um, what are um, some of those like major restrictions? Like, is there anything that is really, really important for for people to know? And does it affect uh, all areas equally? Because uh, Montreal, being a, one of the biggest centers of the 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 outbreak, I had questions in myself, like whether the courts in Montreal were open just as equally as everybody else or are the rules the same everywhere in Quebec? Um, so um, all the rules apply for, for the entire province. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we, we give our recommendations and our guidelines for the entire, for the either, uh, entire province. So, so far, only outside tennis courts are open. Mm -hmm. I can't go in, into an inside tennis court uh, thus far. Uh, we we built a, a, a guideline program that goes in several phases, six to seven phases. Mm -hmm. um, we are since the 8th of June, so two days ago, we, we entered the second phase only. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, obviously you have the, the, the general uh, hygiene recommendations of washing your hands uh, as frequently as possible before, definitely before and after your, your um, tennis game. Uh, only playing singles so far, no doubles. Uh, we have uh, in in this second phase, uh, tennis lessons are allowed again, uh, mm. where a tennis instructor can have up to four pe four um, pupils with him. 
Um, but because there is a teacher, he can assure that they're always keeping their two meter mm. distance. So obviously the two meter distance, we want that to be, um, uh, that everyone keeps their, that two meter distance. At yeah. Like time. really followed strictly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, uh, if already the government and the, the health officials say keep two meters distance, uh, we're lucky with tennis that there's even a net that separates us and mm -hmm. uh, it really doesn't happen that often that you're both at the net uh, ping-ponging at, at the ball um, mm -hmm. so yeah so if people can keep that distance same thing like don't sit on the same bench when you're changing sides when you're changing sides if you need to well each change from on, on either side of the net um, and uh, yeah, and then general, uh, just uh, if you don't have to be at the tennis courts, don't stay there, just go home. If you have symptoms, don't mm -hmm. go your, to your tennis lesson or don't go play with anyone. Um, and uh, what we've recommended as well is when you um, go play with someone else, you each mark your balls. So mm -hmm. you don't have to uh, hold or grab with your hands uh, the ones of your partner. Um, so, I mean, most tennis players, they will pick up the ball with, uh, with their foot and their racket, or they can even mm -hmm. push it to the other side. Well, we have to take precaution, uh, in this, in these first, uh, phases. And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, things are starting to, uh, start up again, but doesn't mean that the virus is gone. I mean, it's, it's yeah. still very much, uh, alive, uh, maybe less, uh, less people get infected uh, or are in hospital, but that doesn't mean you're you've got you're carrying the virus around you. Um, mm -hmm. Even people that are uh, asymptomatic that uh, think, well, I, I don't have the fever, I'm not in hospital, I'm still gonna go out. They don't wear a mask. Uh, I mean, you can you can still infect people, and uh, and, mm -hmm. and that's what we really want people to be uh, aware about. That even though you're feeling fine, doesn't mean you you're not carrying anything. Uh, yeah. Without your knowledge, so uh, we try to definitely um, recommend to the government how we see each phase play out. Um, like doubles, we kind of uh, explain to them how we see things that it can be safe, and, and but ultimately they will decide in which phase it will be authorized. Uh, and then mm -hmm. on our on our website, we we have an entire set, section dedicated to. Uh, to the COVID-19 um, uh, pandemic with uh, Q&As. Uh, we have um, uh, posters that people can just print out and put on their tennis courts. Mm. Uh, and we update it as soon as there is news from, from the government and health officials. Um, so we, yeah, we, we make sure that everything can be do, can be played in uh, the most safe and uh, healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, that's obviously for all of us who are just playing recreationally most of the time, actually. Um, and you mentioned lessons as well. But uh, coming a little bit further into the um, the the pro rankings, uh, first of all, I had a question in terms of, uh, maybe that's just for myself, I guess. Uh, does Tennis Quebec have any sort of ruling in terms of um, um, any professional tournaments, like maybe juniors or maybe juniors are not professional, but like ITF, uh, 25Ks or challengers, there is one in Grand B that I know of. Uh, so, yeah, so Tennis Quebec has over uh, 300 sanctioned 
tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is all for uh, everything that goes from six, uh, age six up to uh, whatever age. Well, obviously the veterans, we have a veteran association that takes care of that when you're uh, 30, and, 30 and over. Mm -hmm. uh, but anything younger than that, you have the, the Quebec championships, you have uh, the, the qualifications to go to the Canadian championships. That's already obviously handled by Tennis Canada. Canada. Uh, um, Granby, uh, uh, Repentigny, um, mm. you have Gatineau as well, uh, Drummondville. Those are all under the Tennis Canada banner. So they're okay. in um, Quebec and uh, we as a, a, as a partner... We are involved, but not at the tournament itself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So do you, but in, so that means essentially that in none of those tournaments are going to be happening either. Uh, professional tournaments are a no go at the moment. Yes. No, no. Yeah, everything is uh, everything is on hold. Um, yeah. We do, however, um, allow um outside tennis club to organize a local tournament so if mm. you're a little club and you want to organize a tennis tournament for all the kids you can yeah. as long as you have safety precautions you only do singles um obviously there has to be a really set schedule so that you don't have too many people out on the grounds at the same time waiting to mm. play um, but yeah, if, if you have an, if people have an idea how they can organize like a local recreational little tournament, they, they obviously can, uh, mm -hmm. but all sanctioned, uh, tournaments where you actually play for ranking points, uh, those are, um, canceled till the beginning of July thus far. And then obviously we will see where we're at and what is allowed, um, mm -hmm. but it's, I mean, we, we can't predict the future. It could be that we're not playing uh, tournaments till next year. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no one can, no one can really predict that. Uh, we can only take it uh, maybe three weeks at a time um, and then see what is what. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so now following the same professional thing, I, it, it is obviously known that Rogers Cup is a, uh, fully um organized and overseen by by tennis canada and but there was obviously there was a drawback in terms of quebec i believe the way they have rules in terms of how uh nothing of that magnitude is allowed until august 31st at least so the Rogers cup here in canada in, in montreal is not happening but in toronto that you mentioned before that there are talks of like maybe it happening and um do you so do you, do you think you, you there's any sort of like how how they how are they planning on doing that and if it ever happens do you think you would like to go and watch it? Uh, well, I mean, uh, if if Toronto is happening uh, and uh, and it's easier for us to uh, actually go out of the province, I'll, I'll definitely try and go there. Mm. Uh, who knows if it if it is held if it's uh, with uh, with um, uh, spectators or not. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, for well, for for Montreal, it was pretty easy because the government straight away said no big events um, till thirty first of uh, August. Mm -hmm. So uh, Tennis Canada didn't have a choice but to cancel straight away. Mm -hmm. uh, for Ontario, it's not the case, so they left it quite open. And because the ADP and WTA they have canceled their events only till the end of July. 
Um, I, I, I assume they still uh, keep it an, a closed mind in potentially holding the event. I don't know whether it will be the case. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would, I couldn't be able to really express myself on that. But yeah, if sure. they could, uh, that would be that would be great, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then there would be as well the the the, the risky part. I, I read that Djokovic was uh, saying, "Oh, if the U.S. Open is being held as it they're thinking right now, I will not be traveling to New York." Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be the same question maybe for Toronto would there be any players that are willing to come to Canada um, it would be cool if uh, only Canadians uh, were there maybe we could see a Shapovala Felix Auger Yassim final mm-hmm. uh, if no one else wants to travel but uh, yeah. I, I mean if it's not safe and you cannot get any of the international all, all the international players especially that uh, the top players who usually uh, play at the uh, at the Masters One Thousand, um, I, I don't know whether it would be financially responsible for them either. Yeah, uh, I mean, they have top people there that are doing all those ev- evaluations. I, I I should think they they probably have all different kinds of scenarios. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you asked, if if there is a Rogers Cup in Toronto and I can actually pop by. And uh, and see a few few games. I would definitely not hesitate on taking that opportunity. Cool. Um, so maybe uh, going forward with uh, from here in, in tennis, well, in tennis Quebec and in Quebec in general, like, what do you think? There are some maybe some things that we can take with us um, in this from from this quarantine season. Was there any major lessons learned? I mean, uh, I think the the entire uh, planet is kind of learning that uh, uh, we we have uh, bad priorities. Uh, where we we stop thinking about our health and our uh, our entire Earth. I mean, there there are so many conspiracy theories from where this uh, virus came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I I mean, if I if I look around myself when I'm in in outside. I see less people taking public transport, uh, more people trying to um, move around on their bicycle. I mean, mm. I, I had a, I, I didn't have a bike, uh, so I tried to find one myself. I tried to get one for the last year. I'm, I'm pretty tall, so it's uh, difficult to find a, a right size bike. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't find one. I mean, it took me two months to, to find one because everyone was looking for a bicycle. And um, now I, when I'm outside, I, there's quite a bunch of people that is on the bike when they go to the park or their work, I guess, or even shopping. So I think people are, are starting to realize, um, what, why should I take the bus when I can take a bike or I can walk? It's, yeah. uh, it's uh, a healthier lifestyle. It's uh, good for the environment if less buses are driving around. Mm. Um, so I, I think people um, might might actually uh, think about that more. Uh, I think also people uh, on a social standpoint, they, they kind of think about their uh, place and their role with uh, in regards to their different relationship when it's family, friends, uh, even their co- co-workers. Uh, I mean, it can, it can happen so fast. Uh, I've seen so many horrible stories of people that were fine, kind of got the flu, and then suddenly they were in a coma for three weeks. 
or yeah. even worse, they, they, they passed away and it's, uh, it's terrible thought. Um, so I think people are probably are getting more conscious, uh, and, uh, and yeah, they're, they're taking more, uh, uh, enjoying the smaller things in life uh, it's it's a terrible cliche yeah. but uh, i think i think it's actually there well i mean it's a cliche because it's a, it's a, it's true um so so i think that's the major takeaway i mean uh, mm. there are probably many more i mean everyone has their own evaluation but uh um on my part yeah it's definitely enjoying some not getting too stressed out about very minor things yeah. Uh, especially because like now you see people that are in definitely worse shape than than I am definitely mm -hmm. sadder uh, things happen to them um, so yeah you yeah you kind of get more you become more self I don't know if you say that self-reflectant uh, but you uh, yeah you kind of uh, yeah you have a bit better opinion on, about your own place in society kind of thing mm. Yeah, I think even in in the high levels of tennis, people are learning lessons too. Like if you look in the <clears throat> sorry in the news, uh, lots of players are just trying to like navigate the fact that they don't even have their main uh, source of revenue. So that was that was one of the biggest things, and it, it's actually one of the major discussions parts, especially obviously from the part of the players on how and when to come back, and lots of players were critic. Um, we're critical of Novak Djokovic's um, stance against going to the U.S. Open because he claimed, oh yeah, I'm going to travel with like six people, but now I can only take only one. And I'll, the majority of players were like, well, I can barely take one person with me. So that would be just fine. And yeah, 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 definitely on on, <laughs> on, on uh, international tennis point of view, it's uh, like the organizations, they have to kind of really rethink prize money and uh all all that stuff because uh yeah you, obviously a uh, federer Djokovic they have uh, well actually federer is now the highest was the highest paid uh, athlete in 2019 but yeah. i mean Djokovic uh, uh probably doesn't have a very sad bank bank account to look at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and probably that's the same case for the the entire top 50 maybe 100 but yeah those guys are 200 600 i mean the the ranking goes up to uh, i think uh, uh well it goes up to 9000 or something but you, you have yeah. players that are uh 1000 in the world and uh, they're actually putting their entire career into tennis but mm. yeah what are they doing now i i it's it's it definitely um is a, a food for thought for 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 the ATP WTA ITF Thinking yeah. about okay, well, uh, why are we paying uh, these guys millions? But some some players are are just uh, yeah, they they're having trouble uh, making ends meet. They they use whatever they win to go to the next tournament and kind of hope to get further into the next tournament, so they have less um, less expenses. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I loved actually the idea of uh, like a fund. Of uh, for for players that are in uh, in in yeah better water, uh, I mm. I kind of in uh, like the point of view team uh, Dominic team had that saying that he wouldn't endorse it because um, he saw some of those guys that don't put in the same work that he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I 
I'm sure there are guys on the tour that uh, don't have the talent and maybe don't have the same work ethic. But uh, yes, yeah. uh, truth remains that uh, they're still, uh, yeah, they they they're still trying to get their uh, their name uh, on on that ranking higher and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. hoping to get more sponsorship money or uh, and just tournament money. Yeah. So so hopefully hopefully there will be some kind of decision. I mean, it's it's great that we had the the, the equal pay when it comes to men and women in in grand slam mm. hopefully can grand happen. Slam, yeah hopefully it can happen as well in the other tournaments i mean i i would have expected it to happen in lower ranked tournaments before grand slam yeah uh but yeah now do the same with uh with um lower ranked players and uh, also do it more for um, like uh, wheelchair tennis I mean those those yeah. players it's even more actually more impressive than uh, uh, watching Federer or Djokovic or uh, mm-hmm. yeah. or Serena play and they, they're actually doing two things at once yeah uh, they're, the challenges they have to overcome are much bigger right? yeah, yeah. I mean they, they win a grand slam and they, they win maybe just as much as uh, uh, between brackets, a normal player mm-hmm. um, who loses in the first round or second round, maybe depending mm-hmm. on the tournament. So yeah, that's that's tough. And uh, now they don't have tournaments either, so they they're probably in even they're in a bad bad place as well financially. Probably in yeah. the same spot as maybe a two hundredth or three hundred player in in WTA or ATP ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's. I, I feel like the Grand Slams like ended up with the prize money just because they're in the spotlight and people that have a voice, like Venus Williams, who advocated a lot for it. Um, she was a big player and she had a voice, and she would win um, fi- uh, five Wimbledon's, right? So it makes it makes sense PR wise to say that the uh, the Grand Slams ended up having to um, pay equal prize money before. I, I guess, in my opinion, but. Speaking of like maybe spotlight and fans, um, all of this uh, kind of like combines in the sense like some some of tournaments were considering having. I guess the U.S. Open even mentioned that a little to have um, a tournament held with without fans on the stands, and people were expressing their ideas. And obviously, for me as as a person who goes like to only my one tournament and, and uh, Rogers Cup whenever I can. Uh, Maybe it would be a weird experience. I would love to watch it on TV, regardless if there's fans or not. But I think it would be weird. But I, I guess from the standpoint of a player who's maybe really just itching to get back on play because their their money funds are kind of like getting lower by the day. Um, so I guess like what what do you what do you think about like the idea of like holding tournaments without fans from the from the lowest ones to the the, the biggest stages on earth? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, for for it, uh, I'm definitely curious, uh, like you, to, to to see what it would look like. I mean, I can, I would just wonder if uh, I just wonder how I personally would feel if I was watching like like three years ago. It was the Nadal uh, Federer Australian Open final where it was mm-hmm. five set, four hours brutal, beautiful games, and super exciting. But mm. I, yeah, I wonder what it would be like if it's the same game, but instead of hearing the crowd scream out when the ball is yeah. like just on the line or when it's a break point in the fifth for one of the players or match point. Uh, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it would be really weird. 
Um, and I, I don't know if players would enjoy it. I don't think. Uh, I think we would see um, definitely the difference between uh, talent and um, and the big stage. Because uh, I think like people like Djokovic, he he plays against the crowd. Because uh, like we saw at Wimbledon, Federer mm -hmm. was definitely the fa the crowd favorite. And he said, yeah, well, when there was match point for him, I I imagine them saying Novak instead of Roger. But if there's no one yeah. actually screaming your name, um, maybe it will also, yeah, it will kind of um, change your mindset maybe as well. And they, they often say, like, oh, I was in a flow. I was hitting the ball well. I was, the crowd was there cheering me on and it kind of yeah. helped me cross the line instead of, uh, well, yeah. I mean, they, sometimes they just need that boost, um, yeah. and so maybe we'll, I would be curious to see if it would change some results dramatically. I mean, like yeah. uh, someone like Kyrgios, he he plays the crowd when true. But, That's very true. But he also plays the crowd negatively. So uh, yeah, uh, perhaps suddenly he he he, he can really focus because there's no one actually screaming in his ear. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I would be curious. Uh, definitely, it's uh, not very uh, from a marketing or business standpoint. It's not very uh, attractive, True, uh, and yeah. it doesn't sell well. But I mean, if uh, people can actually play again, the players can play. We can watch some. I, I don't think any anyone would be very sad. Um, yeah. I think what would be uh, personally the best um, scenario is that you only have local crowds. Like, yeah. uh, you cannot accept anyone that comes... Well, that you have those diehard fans that will fly down to Australia and will sure. actually go to the games. Uh, but, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a tourist, you cannot go to the tournament or you can only have a maximum capacity per per game. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that would be the best scenario. But I would be actually curious to watch... Uh, I mean, I've, I've watched Challengers and Futures on TV or on, on streaming... Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's 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 yeah. You don't get that same sensation uh, yeah. when you have twenty thousand people screaming when it's super exciting. You actually are sitting on the couch and you still have your heart pounding. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, uh, I'm curious. What 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 would you uh, would you watch? Um, uh, Federer, Djokovic, Wimbledon final, and there's actually no one there apart from one coach and. On each side and uh, and the ref. Um, I would I would likewise be extremely curious to see like what would that feel like. I think on TV, um, oftentimes it, it we are we like to compare oftentimes like what does it feel like to be on the stands as if the point to be on TV. And my first thought when they saw when they said, uh, um, well, we might have to have a tournament with no fans. I thought about it and I and I thought well. There's millions of, exp of uh, spectators on TV and as opposed to like maybe 13,000 people on on site. And I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to be there screaming. I'm not going to be feeling the energy and I can barely ever see the crowd, I guess. So I, I thought for myself, maybe the match is just going to be pretty much the same. But then like come to think of it like through the weeks and whatever, I started thinking as well, like uh, the energy would be extremely weird and i don't know who said it i think it was federer who mentioned who said it was going to be a little bit eerie to to be in a tournament like that it's like 
I cannot imagine they playing they 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 be playing on center court of Wimbledon with no crowd. That would be that would be borderline um scary. Like it would be really strange to play in a in a in a in that sense like a big match and at the end of the day you're going to pick up that trophy and you're going to show it to nobody, just show it to the camera. I think it would for them you would probably feel feel like coming back to juniors days when they only have their parents watching. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, so, what, that's yeah. why I, I wonder if uh, yeah, it, it, I wonder if like if for maybe three four years we ha we didn't have any crowds, if the ranking mm -hmm. would still be the same. Yeah, like like um, yeah, players that really thrive on playing against that crowd, or they they get boosted into that yeah. super mode, like a Djokovic who is. Like, okay, well, you're not for me, you're against me, well, I'm going to show you that I am the best on court. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean that that's something not a lot of players can do. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and But yeah, it will, it, there will be a whole other level of psychology there. I mean, I would be interested uh, how a psychologist sure. would, or a sports psychologist would be like, oh, I think how they would see it. I guess they, they would have a, an expertise on, on that kind of idea. Yeah. I think it's interesting as well, like from history books st uh, standpoint of view. Um, if you, if for for two things that we've talked about here, uh, is one no fans, and the other one would be whether um, players from uh, outside of uh, the local tournaments would be able, like if you said uh, Felix Ogieliasim versus versus uh, Shapovalov, you, we would see maybe a final if nobody came to Canada, but that. That would maybe be a stain on their career. It would be like a bittersweet moment of victory, I guess, because it's kind of like you win a tournament, but you know that that were that was it wasn't that there wasn't competition, but the real competition that is always there wasn't there that year. And I guess if Novak Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal decided we're not gonna play in the U.S. Open, whoever wins that tournament will never leave. It will never leave their, the side of their names, the asterisk of uh, during coronavirus crisis. Because you, you, it would be really strange for them to... Well, I did win my title, I did win my tournament, but does that mean anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I guess that some would be like, oh, well, I've got a US Open trophy. No one's going to take that away from me. And mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're absolutely right. I mean, it's the same if... They managed to get to the. They still have to manage to get to that final. Yeah. Uh, and but yeah, I mean, if imagine the big three is not there and uh, Dominic Team or Tsitsipas wins the tournament, and uh, I mean, tournaments cannot write in that case. Uh, it's uh, it's the the finally the 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 rising stars are taking over or the new generation mm -hmm. uh, because those guys weren't there. I mean, yeah. I mean we can say the same thing when. Uh, When Federer will retire, I mean, uh, yeah. would be like, oh, uh, if team finally wins the tournament, would he have won if Federer was still there? I mean, it's mm -hmm. it, it's always going to be a source of discussion. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm really curious. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's really kind of yeah scary uh, to see what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, yeah, it, it's exciting. I mean, it's it's the unknown, and that's uh, I think that's what makes it scary and exciting at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree a hundred percent. Like, I think one of the reasons why I love watching tennis, well, sports in general, I guess, is just really that 
coming coming into a match and you just don't know what's gonna happen you don't know who's gonna be the winner at the end of it it's really it's really interesting for me yeah yeah and, i mean we yeah. we we actually had the discussions in our in our team as well i mean, I mean we yeah. don't we don't know how tournaments are going to be for the juniors here now obviously mm -hmm. uh juniors when they come they come with one parent maybe both uh mm -hmm. there's not a whole team behind it but Maybe in the beginning we want to have tournaments again. We cannot have parents stay with the kids or at the at the at the tournament itself. They have to be outside, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it, for kids. It will be less fun as well. They want to show yeah. to their mom or their dad, uh, "Look what I've been practicing, and now I'm beating this uh, this other uh, kid who's the same age." Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's we. Sports is going to be a lot different. Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 actually, I watched uh, some of the the, uh, the soccer in uh, in Germany where they've started again, and mm -hmm. yeah, even players when they they score a goal, they kind of don't know what to do. They they're happy, but <laughs> usually they would run towards the stands and shout, well, celebrate with uh, with all the fans, yeah. and now they're just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've scored. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, oh, there's yeah, yeah. my teammate. Yeah, we did it. And then okay, yeah. well, let's set up again for the next play. Yeah, it must feel weird. Yeah, I guess in in a way, it must feel a little bit numb uh, when you're when you're playing. You're just focusing enough that you don't necessarily pay that much attention to the crowd. But once something actually happens, and you get to like, um, kind of get back to the real world for like a couple seconds, and just look up and just kind of like. Okay, there's nobody here. It must feel extremely strange for them. Yeah. So maybe I just I just want to ask one more question, just out of curiosity, even. Um, and we've mentioned here Federer's tally of Grand Slam titles, and we've talked about um, prestige in terms of like winning in front of fans and against the best ones in the world. So. Do you have an opinion on the greatest of all time, the GOAT debate? Oof, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, as a diehard uh, Federer fan, I would say Federer, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, I did read a, an interesting article uh, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, Pat Cash was saying, mm -hmm. well, Federer cannot be the GOAT because he was never the best of his generation. Uh, but that's what makes it tricky because Federer started in 1999 so he was at the yeah. end of Sampras's generation mm -hmm. and he was in the generation Roddick Hewitt well, yeah. end of Safin as well who were I mean he was the best during that time he was with among the best with Nadal and Djokovic and now the last five years it's Djokovic and Nadal actually uh, mm -hmm. as well so it's really tricky because I mean uh, if you look at also Nadal he's I mean he's he could be the GOAT. I mean, it depends how you look at it. I mean, yeah. winning 12 of the same Grand Slam, I mean, yeah. that's incredible. I, I went to Roland Garros so many times, and uh, I was luckily there in 2009 when Federer won. Oh, wow, but that's the, amazing. <laughs> but the other years uh, when it was Nadal, I mean, it's incredible to watch, but you kind of, as soon as the first points are played, uh, you know Nadal is going to win this. Yeah. Um, so... For me personally, I mean, I'm I'm always going to be the Federer guy, um, mm -hmm. but I think you cannot even compare generations. Uh, I mean, you True. look at uh, Jimmy Connors, who's got the most titles of all, mm -hmm. but he doesn't have 
he's not even in the top three of most Grand Slam titles. So yeah, it's it's so tricky to 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 actually to make a yeah to to pronounce anything. I mean, even if uh, I mean you don't know, maybe in ten years Tsitsipas will have more Grand Slams than Djokovic, and but yeah. he was at in the middle of Djokovic's uh, career. Uh, yeah. So can we then say, oh well, is Tsitsipas the greatest of all time? I mean, yeah. I don't think we'll ever have a generation again of Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer at the same time of that caliber. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually going to be excited as well when those guys are not there anymore. I mean, it will mm-hmm. be fun to. Uh, um, sometimes I actually enjoy. Uh, Why well, I, I love watching the women's play and the men's play, but I enjoy the women's more because you have that questioning of oh well i mean it could be andreescu and she did win it yeah. uh, but yeah. we had so many surprises in the last 10 years skiavone at uh, at mm-hmm. the australian uh, at the french open uh, we had ostapenko i mean yeah so many surprises bartoli uh, yeah but the with the men's okay we had silic once we had vavrinka three times uh, we had murray three times mm. but It will be fun to actually think like, okay, well, Medvedev is really on fire this week. Yeah, yeah he can win it. But and then the next tournament, he's out in the first round, and you suddenly have Felix winning it. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's gonna be weird uh, when Federer, because well, obviously Federer will be the first one to quit. I mean, I would be so surprised if Nadal or Djokovic were to retire mm-hmm. before Federer. I mean, that's actually not even imaginable yeah. but as time will go like uh, even if Nadal and Federer are not there anymore and Djokovic actually wins four or five more Grand Slams can we say he's the greatest because Federer and Nadal were not there anymore and he had slightly lower caliber players I and mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's difficult to say but if mm-hmm. I mean if someone's pointing a gun at me and I have to say a goat I'm gonna say Federer yeah <laughs> And I guess, uh, same thing with the women's. It's Serena. I mean, it's yeah. she's she's the goat. I mean, she still has one or two left to surpass Virginia uh, Wolf. Margaret Court. Margaret Court. Margaret Court. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I mean, yeah, Serena is same thing. Yeah. But I, I'm always gonna always take into account also because uh, I mean I mean in marketing, branding, sponsorship. If you take mm-hmm. everything outside of tennis as well. Uh, I mean, Federer is such a trendsetter. I mean, he, he's True. he's the best paid athlete. He does so much uh, with his foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, well. He contributed during the coronavirus, I guess, as well. Uh, maybe he will do as well with uh, the ongoing um, Black Lives Matter movement as well. I don't mm-hmm. know, um, but I mean, he's he's done so much outside of tennis as well. And um, that I think that takes into account as well what uh, what makes uh, a goat. But if we yeah. stick to uh, just tennis uh, numbers so far, Federer is the goat, and he will be in my my eyes. He will remain that that uh, stature. Yeah, I just hope he gets to twenty twenty one. I mean, because Wimbledon last year, it's still too fresh in my memory. Yeah, it hurts a bit. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it's always sad to see someone lose when they have match points, and even worse when you you're going to win a a Grand Slam. 
True. Yeah, I, like when I when I was looking at that match, I think I uh, I think I wrote a tweet once to, in a, one of those discussions on Twitter. Like the one thing that I said for myself is, I wonder if Federer has the most number of Grand Slams because he was so consistent into getting there into the finals and too because he, I think he has the record for most quarterfinals and semifinals um, straight um, in Grand Slams. And he has a, a several incredible like Grand Slam records and number one records. But like uh, one of the things that he lacked, I feel like over the years was against the those two guys, Djokovic and Nadal, was necessarily finishing the match when it mattered. Um, yeah, he started that, to think. Yeah. yeah, he was starting to think. I think like the same thing with uh, Wimbledon mm-hmm. last year. The first, yeah. I think the first point was just an amazing return from Djokovic. Yeah. And I think Federer must have said, oh, no, I have to get this next point. I just have to knock it out of the park. And then, yeah, uh, yeah and then I'm done with it. And yeah. he tightened up for just those mm-hmm. two points. And then, yeah, I think that kind of changed the whole dynamic dynamic of the final. Yeah. yeah. Which ended up being one of the greatest Wimbledon finals. Which, by the way, I think the greatest, the single greatest Wimbledon finals, in my opinion, was the 2008 final in which Nadal won, but um, yeah, that one, yeah. And honestly, I guess in that match, it wasn't even Nadal, Federer's fault, because he actually came back from two sets to love down, and the rest is history, but he, I think Nadal deserved to win, but Federer really showed why. I think Federer, if, if not, he's at least the greatest Wimbledon player of all time, uh, maybe in the men's circuit. I would it would be difficult to ch- to challenge maybe Martina Navratilova's records and stuff like that, but uh, yeah. yeah, 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 no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it will always be, uh, and and that's what makes it fun. And the, mm. the debate is still there. You have all the clans. I mean, it's it stays yeah. within uh, uh, the the appropriate, uh, respectful uh, human uh, interactions. I mean, yeah. obviously, you sometimes have the real diehard fans that will say nasty things. Yeah, uh, those are sad. But I mean, that, that only makes it more exciting uh, as long mm-hmm. as people stay respectful. But uh, I think it's fun. And I hope mm-hmm. definitely we'll have, uh, like I said, when those guys are gone, mm-hmm. uh, when, well, when, when they've retired uh, from uh, professional tennis, that we can have that discussion with uh, Felix, with Tsitsipas, with Zverev. That, yeah, you, that, you, that that people that were Federer fans that will identify with Tsitsipas, that Djokovic fans will identify with probably mm-hmm. Medvedev, and then, well, Nadal, there's no, well, I mean, the only lefty is Shapovalov, but uh, maybe Dominic Thiem because he's a good uh, clay court player. I hope there, and actually, I hope there will be, instead of it being always three guys competing mm-hmm. for, for the Grand Slam title, it will be like the entire top 20, and that even. Yeah. That, Something like the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be exciting. I mean, you can yeah. you can have like a, a yeah a guy who is nineteenth or even thirtieth uh, suddenly yeah. have a great tournament and just win. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Get it? Yeah. So yeah, I guess on that note, like we could obviously keep talking forever. As we said, like the debate is never really over. But the podcast has to be over at some point. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I guess the bottom line of everything, coronavirus, no coronavirus, recreational, professional debates or not, I think the greatest point that we can get to is like that we must, we, we have to have fun with it. It has to be, it has to be for fun. It has to be for 
good spirit and sportsmanship and um yeah i guess it was really great talk man it was great talking to you and uh great discussing opinions and learning more about even tennis quebec and how you guys are from the inside a little bit yeah well uh, yeah. thanks for uh for 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 having me and uh yeah i mean it's uh, uh yeah like you said always enjoy uh having fun playing tennis and uh, yeah obviously now we have to do it even more safely yeah so uh, i guess that that's uh, that's something uh, that people have to keep in mind obviously nowadays yes sure. um but uh, yeah no it's great i i love the podcast and i i mean i love talking about tennis so uh, mm-hmm. whenever you need someone to talk about tennis on 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 podcast or just in life i mean awesome. uh, tennis is one of my favorite subjects We should teach it in yeah. school, actually. Sorry? We should teach we it should... in school. We should oh, have yeah. tennis, no. tennis history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That would be amazing. Like, learning in history who has the most Grand Slam titles in the world. Uh, well, um, well, again, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, well, I'll definitely keep you in mind and, like, uh, talk. We will probably have you... Um, at some point again in this podcast and I have to say no more about like how I love tennis I do have this podcast and I'll be here again next week and so yeah it's great great fun talking to you and yeah thanks so much for being here thanks for your time Martin and yeah have a great have a very great week yeah you as well right bye 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 and that was the interview with Martin Kenty and thanks a lot for Martin and Tennis Quebec for participating in my podcast it really means a lot to me and thank you very much for listening to this podcast and if you liked it please um, follow my Facebook page for news and follow my Instagram page and uh, I'm also on Twitter constantly at and Rollenberg not Andy or Andre but and like you say tennis and bagels well that's me well Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great weekend and bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm-hmm.